working with other instructors at the in that capacity like made me a better nco for teach coach mentor it's like dude if, if you can get a class of you know call it 20 you know civilians to like be super functional you know with the, the information and how you're doing it and how it's going like the, just the the flow of how those classes were structured back then was it blows away dudes that have never seen it except for what we do in the military and how we yeah. do it and, I, and you know we in the military is big words but like just at the, at the platoon level unit level whatever like when you go to the range what do you do and how do you do it and you know they're like oh this is what we do and this is how we do it is there a different way like hell yeah there's a different way to do this you know but you would never know that unless you got outside of the military yep. and kind of seen how you know I hate to use this word but it's true like see how the pros are doing it you know what I mean yeah. um, so Hello. Oh, holy shit. NSN. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> NSN SMF. Yep. You might want to scoot just a little closer to Moz. So, I don't. I showered, so I'm clean, I promise. You smell great. Thank you. And I, <laughs> I had an SMF that was tiger striped, you know, the Coyote Brown one, yeah, yeah. tiger striped blade for those look so good 14 years and I, and mick gave it to me once and it's great it went on i don't know eight or nine deployments nice it's like my knife and working in this job flying fucking airlines oh, oh no somebody jacked it out of my bag oh, so, that's my bit like i always i, I know I, always I, travel with a n- couple knives and that's why you drive car. everywhere huh 100 percent, bro yeah, fifteen he, hours out here from Savannah, no problem. Like, he I'm goes, Maz, you better be up at three o'clock. We're leaving. I'm not getting on okay. an airplane if I can help it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a uh, a dual gunner grip uh, SMF in Zware stolen out of a backpack. Well, my whole backpack was stolen out of oh my, my car, God. and that was in there. And I Jesus. I cried. And there's somebody somewhere with a super rare Strider that. Thinks it's worth twenty bucks. No idea. Yeah, no he pawned it for, for yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy's like, "I'll give you thirty bucks for it." <laughs> no, he made me cry. Well, it's cool that you're man enough to admit it because I am also. We're not. We're not recording right now, are we? We're recording. Okay. We are. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, well, shit. <laughs> you can talk about it. and I'll delete it. I am also a big knife yeah, guy, yeah. but not overtly. Like they're all in my safe. I don't talk about them. I, I look at them every once in a while. Like <laughs> you know, but like. <laughs> Chris doesn't want to admit he's a knife guy, but Chris is he, a knife guy. He's a knife guy. Yeah, I have a whole whole group of local buddies that are big into like striders and knives, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. go That's go get lunch all the time, and yeah. I was telling Chris like a while back, like I was when I was a private, still living in the barracks. One of my buddy's moms got him, him and his brother, the Hidden Canyon Hunter from Benchmade. I go, man, that's badass. Like, I wonder what goes into making that. So I go down a YouTube rabbit hole. I'm like, I could fucking do that. <laughs> so my little dumbass is a private. I go to the fucking Harbor Freight, spend like 500 bucks, everything you need to make knives. And I'm making knives in the barrack parking lot. Like, made a little $10 <laughs> forge. I'm heating that thing up. And people are like, dude, you can't fucking do that here. I'm like, who the fuck says I can't? Like, yeah, so I went down ma- a big making knives is a strong term for what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. I was making shanks. Yeah, I was making shanks. <laughs> say, was um, making shanks. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool. It was a fun little hobby. And like fixed blades are, I, I mean, I like knives as well, but fixed blades for me were like where it was at. Oh, yeah. So yeah. pretty cool. But, yeah, mine's the, I don't, I don't have any super nice knives, but I do have. I got, good, sorry, my gun's jabbing, jabbing me. I've got, a, hey, I've got that blue horse gear winkler. You've got your. Nerd <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I was packing today. Oh, my uh, God, dude. 
keeps that thing on it. Dude, th- yeah. it's literally a holster for it. That yeah. is that It'll is never amazing. Be too safe on so, it. And a reload. Yeah. And, and a reload. reload. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's a sidecar and all, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it was jabbing me. I don't. I don't normally. <laughs> so we got uh, real quick. Yep. Sorry. No, you're good. Because last time you were on the podcast at shot, you were. Uh, three days deep in a shot. Yeah. You've talked to like 10,000 people. I think you were on your fourth or fifth monster that day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mouthful of Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah, which did, <laughs> did not help the podcast uh, at all. I really like this me. is bringing back some And, and you were like, I'm just, I did some stuff sometime. I was in the Army for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. totally downplayed your experience in, the, in that side. And uh, this is Maz's first yeah. appearance on the big techs yeah absolutely podcast. man i'm really happy to be here and get it get out here learn what you guys got going on chris is kind of tag along with him and he's kind of showing me industry kind of being pretty much my mentor through all this and it's it's been really cool man like getting to get out here and see what you guys are doing so i'm just happy to participate in everything you guys got going on you this, this is your first podcast right? yeah absolutely Never. yeah I've, I've, I've probably done a half a dozen of various ones and maybe two that I was sober. So this will be three. Like, you know, usually those podcasts, because everyone's at their house, like yeah, remember the old yeah. PNS days and all that kind of shit and everyone's drinking and yeah, they get, you know, pretty yeah. quick. But. Well, we can, we can bust out a bottle. <laughs> we can We've got Ike's, right. liquor, Ike's liquor cabinet is just right around the corner. So Nice. What are you That's drinking? Uh, usually there's a bunch of bourbon here because it's like the yeah. and stuff. Um, but usually like scotch. Nice. It's kind of where I gravitate towards. Makes sense. Uh, this is uh, see Texas is what Tito's vodka, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. out of Texas? Yeah. Here, yeah. Love me some Tito's. Yeah. Potato vodka, baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're in the bubbly water stage at our house. Ah, bubbly spicy water. water. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> we're it's it's got quite a few varieties of bubbly water and white claws and no, no, just <laughs> bubbly water, just like zero. oh, just like topo and yeah, yep. yeah, just nice. bubbly water. That's it, man. That's why I'm going crazy. Yeah. Little kids and not drinking. Anyway, you want to yeah. do the deal? So, welcome to the Big Tech Ordinance Podcast. If you're watching, we appreciate it. I'm Ike. We got Chris, Ian. Then we also have Chris again. We'll call him Size Love. And we got Maz from Blue Force Gear. And they're here hanging out with us today. That was uh, me. Thank you all for coming on. Hey, thanks again for letting me, uh, you know, I was a no-go at the first station of doing this podcast in Vegas. So this, this is my, 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 uh, my, my retest, you know what I mean? So yeah, I really appreciate it, man. You have an awesome crew and awesome place here. And it's just always fun to be here because every time I come out here, this is my second time out here. So I guess we should say every time, but, uh, last time I came out here, it was what it was. And then that was about 18, 20 months ago. And now I'm back here again and it's, it's bigger, faster, stronger than yeah. it even was then, man. So you guys are killing it. Thanks. You came when we had just moved into this facility. Yeah, I think they were I still like so. tearing down walls and stuff mm-hmm. for us. Yeah, they were still doing construction. Because mm-hmm. we hadn't started this. I remember we stood back there, like much like we've done earlier today, st- stood around and told old war stories and complained about different things but yeah yeah i mean what else we do though i mean that's me and you get paid to do that somebody <laughs> somebody has to pay us to stand around and tell war stories <laughs> we appreciate that yeah <laughs> thank you thank you let your boss know that we said thank you too yep so. and, and this was an amazing opportunity like i said maz is a his name's actually michael mazaria so maz for short but uh is new on our team uh, just got out of first ranger battalion and has a cool set of skills that you know, may or may not be viable in the commercial world. So we hired him and we're like, Hey, let's, let's 
get you out here to do this kind of work and, and get you on the road to success. So thanks for letting me bring him and learn. He's here to learn from you guys. Like how do yeah. you, how does this work on your end so that we can better support it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was already picking Chris's brain in the car. I was like, oh, how yeah. does this all work? How does this everybody fit <laughs> together? Like, cause it's, it's pretty interesting how all that, like each business is so similar to what you're accomplishing, but how you're doing it is totally different. So, and that's yeah, been pretty cool. So. We do do a lot with a lot less, I yeah. think here than a lot of other um, businesses that do the same volume as we do typically have a way larger footprint uh, than what we do. And I think that's one of our abilities or our, that's one of our, what's the word I'm looking for? Advantages. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely a strong suit. For yeah. Us. You're running like the business equivalent of like an ODA team. You, you know, you're like, I only got 18 dudes or 12 or whatever their task score for now. I don't even know. But yeah. And everybody's got to do a lot of different things yeah. and be good at a lot of different things, you know, which is a, a huge capability. Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tech's Ordnance, and I'm Ian from Big Tech's Ordnance. <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Murr upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer. all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs, we got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT. Also, these come in black and FDE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB-C those. USB-C rechargeable and has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We've got Paradox training. Oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. So, Chris, give us a little bit about your background. My father's retired Air Force. Uh, actually, Air Force family, father, uncle. And uh, was that consummate, like, gun weirdo kid from, like, the age of... Pro <laughs> I think I probably watched Red Dawn for the first time when I was like eight, and it was like, boop, over. That's it. That's my life right there. You know, summed up. Yeah, yeah com block nerd, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And uh, the what really probably pushed me over the edge was my father's Air Force. We got stationed in Yokota Air Force Base, Japan in 93. And as a, I guess at that time I was probably 11, 10, 11. And it, in the early 90s in Japan is when the airsoft stuff was coming online in a big way. And so, you know, in, in the U.S., you used to be able to go down to Walmart and get yourself a, a freaking Crossman 760 pump action, you know, and that was, that was my little BB gun and that was cool. So we moved to Japan 
and you go to an airsoft store and it was like, oh my God, you know, there's, yeah. <laughs> so by the time we left there, I like, kind of like your, your arsenal hanging on your wall. I had that when I was 12 <laughs> years old and it was all airsoft guns that were like a hundred percent realistic, you know, yeah. G3s and MP5s and Mac 11s and every freaking pistol and all the stuff. Um, my father was smart and did not let me take those back to the U.S. in '96 when we moved back, because uh, he's like, "Your, your, you know, your dumbass is going to get smoked by a cop or something driving by, <laughs> rocking a, <laughs> rocking this yeah. assault rifle." You How know? did this 17 year old get an MP5? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, so uh, got back to the U.S. in '96 and uh, moved to Prescott, Arizona, and uh, Prescott, Arizona. Is a lot of things, but to me, it's only important because of its proximity to gunsight. So, uh, when I was in high school, I managed to talk myself into a, a job out of gunsight, being a barn rat, targetry, poli- literally policing up brass for a living. You know, as a 17-year-old kid, and then uh, in the barn is where all the instructors used to eat lunch. That that was their thing because there's lots of classes going on out there. You know, and that was back in the days of like Louis Arbuck and, and Pat and, um, you know, a, 10 more I can't think of off the top of my head that kind of like laid the foundation for what a lot of what's happening today. Mm-hmm. But anyway, these dudes would all eat lunch in the barn. And so I'd be in the barn with my little sandwich trying to not be noticed. You yeah. know? And, uh, you know, they're they're over there doing like kind of like what we're doing, you know, they're, they're over there telling war stories. And it, and I remember thinking to myself at, you know, 16, 17 years old, I was like, man, these dudes are not fucking around. Like, this is not, this ain't a movie. Like these dudes are real, you know? And, uh, wanted to be a commando, like based off what I heard. And then, you know, working at gunsight, being a gun guy, uh, I was actually, I got hired out there as an apprentice gunsmith. And then I quickly realized that that was not for me. Like, I, I just don't have the attention to detail. I don't, you know, the stuff i'm like it'll it'll buff out you know what i mean and that's not the attitude you you can have if you're going to be like a really nice, a good gunsmith so it's like eh, i kind of want to spend my life using guns instead of tinkering with them and uh, a couple of those instructors at gunsight were like you need to fucking join the army <laughs> <laughs> so i did <laughs> and uh yeah the, those same guys i think if memory serves a uh, 20th special forces group oda team was doing their, their two weeks a year or whatever. So they, they came out to do a, a gunsight class and they're really cool guys. And they were talking bullshit with me. It's like, man, you, you have a pretty cool job out here, man. You like sit on a quad, if a gun breaks, take it back, whatever. But those, a lot of those guys were like, you need, you need to join the army and you need to go to Ranger Battalion. Cause that, that's the, the fastest access point into, you know, doing some, some commando type shit. Cause in the nineties, there was no 18 series program. Like you could not, you could not join the army and say, I want to go to SF. They're like, ah, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to do your four years in division or or wherever. And then you can do that. So they're like, yeah, just, just go right to Ranger battalion, spend your time there, have fun, learn a bunch of shit and then go, go SF. It's like, okay. So that, that was the plan, you know, hundred percent joined with a Ranger contract. I, I still don't know how I made it through all that stuff as a 17 year old, you know, dipshit. Uh, but I did, I could do pushups apparently decently well and, uh, found myself a second ranger battalion, loved it, had a great time as a young, young guy there, uh, still had all intents and purposes of going to group, you know, cause Pete, I hate to say peacetime, but pre GWAT yeah. ranger battalion, that was kind of the MO was like, Hey, ranger battalion is cool because 
it's very narrow bandwidth. Like we literally have three jobs. Like we do three things, you know what I mean? Uh, it's very narrow, but it's very deep because that's all we do, you know, like as opposed to an SF team that has a lot of stuff they got to be able to do. Um, so after, you know, four or five years of that, dudes kind of get bored. You know, it's like, Hey man, I've been through six cycles of, of this narrow bandwidth job, but it's super deep. So you just kind of get bored. And by the time you're, you five, six years in Ranger Battalion, you're like, I'm going to go to SF, you know, just do something different. And that, that's all cool. Uh, and then the war started, you know, so I'd, I'd been in a couple of years, nine 11 happens first couple pumps to Afghanistan did, did that kind of work. And then it was like, I do not want to go to SF cause I like what we're doing a lot more than, than what they're doing. Um, not, not the, I mean, they do really great stuff. It's just different. So I decided, Nope, I'm staying here. And I did, did the rest of my career, um, all the way to 2016 in the Ranger regiment. And unfortunately I got, I caught an injury that was like, Hey, you're not, you're not, uh, not going to be operational anymore. You're more than welcome to, to go back and like work in training stuff or staff stuff. You know, you only got a couple of years left. And, uh, I just thought that that's probably not a good idea. One, one of my mentors and one of my peers that was, you know, good dude. I called him. I was like, what do you think I should do, bro? And he's like, I think you should leave. Like, uh, I don't know about the other special operations units that are out there, but Ranger Regiment is one of those things where you're all the way in or you're all the way out. And like the guys that kind of try to tow the line, it just doesn't really work that well. So he's like, I recommend you get all the way out. So that's what I did. And so I transferred over to a different job um, with the Defense Intelligence Agency for a couple of years. Sounds cool. It ain't. It was, t- it was terrible. <laughs> I, but I knew it. It's like, hey, man, it's yeah. it's an office job. You know what I mean? It's it's not kinetic in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I did learn a lot, and I basically got to practice being a functional civilian yep. for like three years before I retired. Because that yeah. was that was a suit and tie, literally every day. You know, for three years, and actually had to like work with people that weren't us you know what i mean like yeah. actual people earth people as as we call them you got compute actual computer time doing something other than writing <laughs> a monthly counseling statement yeah yeah, yeah exactly. as, as opposed to like yep. so yeah. uh did that for three years and then retired from the military uh into 2019 cool and i guess probably should mention that the the, the interesting thing about my time there was because i knew that this whole like industry existed before I joined the army, that while I was in, I was that guy that was like going to open enrollment classes during leave or calling. And then that progressed eventually to a couple instructors that were really big at that time saying, Hey, can you come out and help me, you know, AI this class or whatever? I was like, yeah, okay. And that's really fun, man. I, I just teach coach mentor was like the whole thing about my career. Um, and obviously teaching classes like that is an extension of that. So I really, I really got good, like, Working with other instructors at the in that capacity, like made me a better NCO for Teach Coach Mentor. Because it's like, dude, if, if you can get a class of you know, call it twenty, you know, civilians to like be super functional, you know, with the information and how you're doing it and how it's going, like the, just the the flow of how those classes were structured back then <laughs> was. It blows away dudes that have never seen it except for what we do in the military and how we yeah. do it. And, I, and, you know, we in the military is big words, but, like, just at the that's platoon level, unit level, whatever. Like, when you go to the range, what do you do and how do you do it? And, you know, they're like, oh, this is what we do and this is how we do it. 
is there a different way? Like, hell yeah, there's a different way to do this, you know? But you would never know that unless you got outside of the military yep. and kind of seen how, you know, I hate to use this word, but it's true. Like, see how the pros are doing it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so anyway, that's why when I retired, uh, it was a pretty easy transition to like, well, I guess I'll, I'll do something, something in the industry. I don't know what that could be. But I did know I did not want to be a full-time, like, like instructor, you know what I mean? It's like, mm, I don't really want to live out of my truck. I don't, I don't really want to fight on Instagram to fill classes or, or whatever. Like, I'm just not interested in that. So blue force gear offered me a position to be their like director of training, you know, which sounds like super lofty, but it, it, <laughs> it really wasn't. Um, it was just me. And, uh, I spent my time as director of training, just doing some education stuff with our government clients. And that was really cool. And it, it's, I enjoyed the fact that my boss wasn't really trying to monetize that. So I could, I could really help people that didn't have any funding for like nothing, you know what I mean? And that, that felt really good. Like that's like the service part of this job. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Moz, what about you, man? <clears throat> man. So growing up, like I moved around a little bit. My old man was an SF dude. Um, he was in seventh group before they bounced to Eglin. So as a kid, I grew up on range 37, playing the hostage kid getting shot at utm by a bunch of 18 bravos <laughs> going through the course so i was i was already privy to all like the first time i ever shot a gun was on range 37 i was like seven years old so i was like dude i already knew this is what i was doing when i grow up like that's what my old man does that's what i'm gonna do when i go to sf this is gonna be cool and like chris was saying earlier like when he was coming through there wasn't a direct pipeline when i went in i went in directly as an 18x race so i sent a five-year contract i'm like let's fucking go and I got through student company, went to selection, got dropped. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to go to the 82nd. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But at the time, OT, there was like a first sergeant was like, hey, man, like, did you volunteer withdrawal? Do you want to go to RAS? I was like, yes, I want to go to RASP 100%. He's like, all right, cool. You're going to RASP in two weeks. Get ready. Went to RASP, got to regiment, got my ass kicked a little bit by my team leaders, which were some of the baddest motherfuckers I've probably ever met. And like, they beat the shit out of me a little bit, but it was cool. And like, I fell in love with the Ranger lifestyle and the way that we do things and the mindset. And I spent my first three and a half years in BCO 175 is, you know, started off as just a rifleman, saw a gunner. Then I got the opportunity to go to Ranger school, did that. And, uh, we were looking for a new sniper. So I pounced over to snot did one right to sniper school. I want to say what snot means. Snot that, is our not sniper. A prevalent yeah, term. it's a it, it's 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 our term for sniper team. So um, one over there was a sniper for three three B the whole time. So I got to support my old platoon the entire way through. Um, did that for a couple years, and seven year mark came up, and I was like, you know what, I, things are starting to slow down. I kind of want to see what else is out there. So I bounced out, and I like knew Daniel Defense and. BFG are right next to each other. I was like, I'm going to apply to both. I'm going to land one. Because um, if not, I don't know what else I'm going to do. Go to school, go to SCAD and paint, be a dork. Um, but uh, no, like luckily uh, I landed the BFG gig and there, we have a really good culture there. Um, there's a bunch of ex-rangers with Chris, our buddy Sebastian Sisu, a couple other guys. And like the culture there is is what like really makes me get up every day. So it's like, I don't really have to go to work. I get to go hang out with my boys and I got to do some paperwork here and there, but I get to do cool things like this, come out and hang out at BTO. I mean, Chris went out the gun site. Like that's kind of like my whole story in a wrap up, but and like real quick, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's been a cool journey, man. Like, you know, people ask me like, well, why'd you get out? Why'd you get in? Like, I'll tell you what, if I went back seven and a half years, I'd do it again. hundred percent. Even if I knew I was going to get out again, you know, I went through a couple injuries as well, but I wouldn't change anything about it. Like 
you know, it's a whole lifestyle. So, so when you were new to Ranger Bat and you were beat up, would you call that hazing? And was oh, that it was, was? Was there any of that that carried over to Blue Force gear? Oh, was there any hazing? Involved, <laughs> Chris biting his teeth. So it wasn't as bad when I got to BFG, but no, there was. Uh, it wasn't as bad. Like you know, this like, like talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, some of the some of the craziest things are like you know, in your private, you, you get messed with for whatever reasons. But one of my favorite ones was my uh, my first tab. Man, what a good dude! Uh, I hated him at the time, and I never wanted to see his face. But he's like, all right, Mazaria, fucking bear crawl, Ramakov. I'll be bear crawling. I'm on my like second lap. He's like, you don't sound like a fucking bear. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, he's like, you better roar like a bear. You know, stuff like that, and just you know, you know, corrective. They like to call it corrective training. Like, but it was it was a good time. And then it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's necessary. It's a cultural thing, right? So yeah. like, you know, I'm not saying bring bullying back, but maybe we should bring bullying back a little bit. Um, there's a difference. It builds bullying, character. Bullying there's a bullying, and then there's and there's character yeah, building. There yeah, there is a difference a because like if a guy can't, you know, and the theory on it for at least the guys in regiment at that time frame was like I know that's what his team leader did to him. Yeah, and it, it's a pressure thing. Hey, like let's see, we're gonna put some ex, external pressure on you, and we're gonna see how you perform because you know after he got done doing all that, he'd be like, okay, cool, close your eyes, take apart the saw, with my heart rate super elevated, you know, and he's like, all right, you messed up. Bear call again. Let's go until I got it right. And don't forget to growl. Yeah, and don't forget to growl. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a real, you know, there's a lot of science behind stress inoculation. Yeah. Not that you know the guys that are doing the majority of the hazing realize that, but it, it is a real thing. And mm-hmm. if, if you can harness it right into your culture, it obviously has pretty consistent yeah. effects. <laughs> yeah. Really. All right. <laughs> but the hazing he got actually it's kind of a funny story. Maz was the one of the later rangers because that you know blue force gear took a huge leap put me on the team and then watched the like destruction i was causing at the company in a couple different areas and uh and then they're crazy enough to say well yeah i mean if you know some more like let's let's bring some more in so i basically opened up the breach and and uh got some some more on the team but with maz specifically he hit me up every Every form of communication that we can use in our present day, LinkedIn, Instagram, direct text, multiple phone calls and messages to my phone. And I had asked, I didn't know him, um, and I asked a couple of my other guys, you know this cat? And they're like, yeah, he's a good guy. And I was like, here's the deal. All right, I'm not going to reply to him. I'm not going to help him. He's, he, I'm not even going to meet this guy. But I did go to HR and said, just look at his, look at his packet and give him a fair shake, but I'm not involved in this because I didn't I didn't want the like street cred to be like oh you know size loves just Debo and you know yeah. the company to let his boys in. It's like nope, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not doing that for for anybody anymore. Which pissed um, me the fuck off. But. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but that that was his hazing was like you're getting no feedback from me, you know nothing. But he he went breached his made his own breach into blue force gear and did his interview and and impressed the the ceo and everybody else and was like all right man you're good and i'm i'm happy because I, yeah. I was like hey man that that was my part of your hazing was like i'm not gonna help you i didn't even reply to any of his like yeah every until day, after, my like, right. yeah. after my interview yeah after my interview i get a text from chris sizelow hey brother uh <laughs> sorry i completely ignored you but i didn't want to set an expectation i was just gonna give you a job 
I was like, okay, I respect that. But he's like, also expect an offer by the end of the day. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm clear. Let's go. Like, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Every couple of hours, it's like, dude, this guy's hitting me on LinkedIn on, you know, just persistency, baby. Yeah, he was, he was persistent, you know, oh. get on target, stay on target. I like That's it. Right. That's good. So, but what about you guys, man? Let me, I, I know this is your show. So yeah. people probably already <laughs> heard all of they, this stuff. They, they know, they know about us pretty, pretty heavily. <laughs> talk about i'm just a dude playing a dude playing another disguise is another dude, another dude. <laughs> with it with a strider knife in your uh, pocket uh, not today oh really oh i have uh, uh i forgot the name of it but it, i don't want to ruin like a good knife cutting boxes so i got <laughs> i got like a custom oh, yeah. brass oh, box cutter heck yeah that's yeah. way better than my even his box cutters are custom <laughs> yeah that's, that's way better than my yeah my 17 dollar uh, Kershaw what from Amazon. I got a little, little. Uh, Look at that! Oh, it, it's a gunsight one that they sell out there, and it is the heaviest little guy I've ever held. Is held. A I, like, I gotta, I gotta pick that, it up. That, that, like it doesn't. You, you, like, you see like, it? Oh, you pick it? Like, no way! You're like, oh no, it's a brick. And I'm pretty sure. So nice. my my boss who sits in front of me, I do this all day, and I sometimes <laughs> I kind of peek over. I'm like. <laughs> You're I like, can tell he's probably like, not love. Yeah, I'm just gonna stab you with it. You know, so it's it's cool. It's it's like a little fidget tool. People got those little spinners and those little pop it bubble things, and I'm just sitting there playing with a knife. Well, talking about that because my old SOP when I was operational all the time because I was a knife guy, and probably because I lived in Japan as a kid because the other thing in Japan was like ninja shit. <laughs> <laughs> but so That's I, the I short right there. Yeah, ninja I, shit. <laughs> I have a Bali, like a Benchmade Bali song, you know, the nice oh, one. Yeah. It's like 500 bucks. But that, that thing lived in the front pocket of my Kreis. And everyone's like, what the, like, what is that for? It's like, it's when I get bored hanging out in the jock, doing stuff, waiting to go. It's like, that's a fidget spinner for a man, like flipping yeah. a Bali song knife and playing around with it and everything. And it's like, you're really bringing that on target? I'm like, I might get bored on target. You know? <laughs> I have to stab somebody and I might like, get bored. Why, yeah. why is, why is, why'd Chris just hand off his rifle? Yeah. <laughs> He's getting that kill. Yeah. Like, Good time at war crimes. Yeah. If you've ever seen, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China and you didn't want to buy a freaking Bali song, you know, you had something wrong with you. Yeah. Well, I'm going to a gun site for the first time in November. Oh, no dude, shit. You yeah. are going to love it. I'm yeah. going to uh, uh, Revolve Around yeah. Up. Oh, cool, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. That- so I'm, I'm, I'm camping out there and going to live out of my car for a few days and shoot wheel guns with all the all the OGs. So lucky. That is really dude, that's cool. awesome. Excited. That, that is the biggest gap in my like experience uh, i ha- i have shot a revolver six times in my life and i don't mean six sessions it was the same revolver and it was one of those like family heirloom you know yeah. pass me downs it, it's a it's a it's a smith like 41 mountain magnum you know a six inch barrel big old big old revolvers what did i do this so i'm holding it and i, I I don't know anything about revolvers. I literally had to call a guy that was a big revolver dude. Like, how do I hold this? Like, do you put your thumb here? And he's like, no. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I actually entertained going to that event. Uh, you know, they they do they do it every year. Yeah, yeah. And the guys that run it are are absolutely just gold. And uh, and I was like, I should go out there and just do There's the, still spots this year. do the revolver thing because I don't know anything about revolvers. So. Good on yeah, you, man. I'm excited. It should be a good time. It, it, I'm the, a low-key wheel gun guy also. Yeah. So. <laughs> wheel guns and knives. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't want to talk about it's, it. But, and flashlights. And flashlights. Yeah, I'll wheel guns, it. knives, and leather-bound books. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll give it to you, though, man. Like, if, you could, if, you're, if you're tuned up on a semi-auto, 
and you get into revolvers and start shooting revolvers, it will do nothing but make you a better yep. semi-auto shooter. I in in my experience, because mm-hmm. it's going to definitely make you understand functionality of a trigger. Yeah, that double action trigger. Gets real, uh, real long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I I really uh like hanging out and working with a guy named Justin Dial. Oh yeah. And he's a yeah, he is Phenomenal a revolver guy. Yeah, he's absolutely a national treasure. And same thing, he brought a bunch of like old ratty nasty revolvers and he's like, "Yep, this you shoot these guns and I guarantee you no matter what you're doing with that Glock is going to go through the roof, you know." So Still haven't bought one yet. I'm in the market. I don't know if you guys have any on consignment over there. There's like, a hell of there's a gun. <laughs> I swear, my like Monday because again I have a low key, low key uh, revolver obsession. So I'll like go over there on Mondays and be like, "Ooh, what came in on the weekend?" And you, and they have a good amount of of wheel guns. What was there. that one you had yesterday? What was that? I recently picked up a, a model 30-1, which is uh it's a 1964-65 um 32 long or uh, not 32 long Colt. Um SNW? Yeah. Yeah, 32 uh Smith wasn't long. So it's a J frame, it's a six shot J frame, but in, in 32 long. Are you going to do one of those fits specials on it? Like uh, cut the trigger not, guard? Not, off on that. <laughs> not on that one. Not on that one. But uh, um, I just recently picked up one of the new Tauruses and I might fit special. That, that would be pretty, pretty sweet. So, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of hooked on the cyberpunk looking ones where they put the, the light and the optic oh, on yeah. a rail. And then you have like a, <laughs> 44 the Magnum. Rhino. Yeah. Oh, no, not those, man. Those, are, uh, those things are just weird. Anyway. Haven't, heard, haven't talked about those in a long time. Yeah. Those were all the rage, like, or not all the rage, but like they were. They were something. You saw them out there. Uh, Michaela had one for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if she still does, but she did. I haven't seen one in years. Yeah. Like, I had a buddy who had one. He's like, I can't find a holster for this. I was well, like, well, no there's shit. a fucking yeah. reason. Bro. <laughs> <When> <laughs> I took a... Uh, there's a reason. Caleb's clash this year. This year. Wow, my, I'm having words are hard this year. You have a joke over there, buddy? <laughs> Smile. Um, two dudes were rocking uh, those at Caleb's class. I was like, oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. It's a bold so, move, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> they worked the entire time. Like, didn't have any issues. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. So... Eventually, someone's going to go come out with the uh, like a a single action peacemaker type thing, but a new one with a rail and optic mounts and all that, and then everybody will be you know saying how awesome it is to cock with your left hand and shoot with your right hand. You know, dude. When I worked at the range, I really (laughs) wanted to like open carry uh, like an old single action army, just in like like a vaquero, yeah, something obnoxious, and just get get my conus with like. uh, Somebody's trying to rob the place. I'm just like, duh, 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 just smoking it with oh, it. Man. Yeah, great. Dude, I was just trying to deliver the mail. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you see those? Uh, Not today. <laughs> I saw one of what videos. You know, this is what peak performance looks like. Yeah. Very large gentleman with the like four cowboy action revolvers, all like, and he was just you know just going at it. I was like, okay, whatever. That's, one day that's cool. was he dropping them as they ran out? And just yeah, he was sticking one. them back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. but he was going for I it. I carried four. Did a little New York reload. Four. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I carried four wheel guns with me one day at work. Here? 
Uh, no, at the other place. Yeah, one in each pocket, one appendix, and then one behind the hip. You are slacking <laughs> if you haven't done that here. I'm dis- I'm severely disappointed for you. It was great. You, you was need to post day. that on Instagram. You need to carry that and post it on Instagram. I had Instagram. like 12 pounds of gun on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I only had as much as a single you know, Glock 17 worth of ammo. Yeah, yeah. 24 yeah. rounds yeah. total. Yeah, but then you got four, four projectiles just yeah. throwing them. <laughs> so you came up and for us. We'll, we'll get back on subject here. That way. Uh, I'm fixing to have to take off to go pick up kids, but they'll be more than able to handle it. Uh, You came up here to teach a class for us that we're doing for free Mm -hmm. at Big Tech's Range and Training Center uh, or Big Tech's Ordnance Range and Training Center, right? Dash. Um, And I'll remove that. Anyway, you came up to teach a class at the range called Malfunction Junction. Yep. And me and you were discussing a little bit earlier in the gym. Yep. Talk about that because um, it sounds pretty cool. Well, be, because I'm not in a capacity to, to, to do like two or three, like uh, if there's a difference between a class and a clinic, this would be a clinic. You know what I mean? It's just a one day. We're just going to focus on this aspect and even, even with one day, but only talking about one thing, that'll hopefully give us a little bit more depth than you would get from at least what we're going to be talking about in a two-day or three-day class, if, if that makes sense. That's like where my head was. And I've done this before with Blue Force Gear, supporting other people and companies of like, hey, I'm just going to do a combat-prone clinic or a sling clinic or, or and this is a malfunction clinic. Um, it, I called it malfunction junction because it's like I would like to cover all things stoppage and malfunction related. You know, it's like, hey, here's here's all of the options on the menu tree, and here's how, how we can kind of look at the entire problem set when the big gun no worky, you know, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, and wait for him to plug back into the ICS. All right, cool. Um, so it's just a one-day thing, and I like uh, – the best thing about it is getting to support you guys. You know, I think when I wrote you that email, I was like, "Hey, just put it out to the usual suspect network." You know, like all, all your all your great people that you've cultivated in this area. I, I just would like to to give back to you guys since you support us, and it's all cool. Um, that's where this came from, and and junction rhymed with malfunction. So that, that's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then uh, my bro, uh, uh, Freddie Blish, actually, I just went to his class a couple of weeks ago, and he said something that was really interesting, and I was like, damn, he's right. He's so right. And that is, um, you know, doctrinally, in the military anyway, a malfunction takes necessitates a tool to fix. A stoppage is something you can fix with your hands. So if you want to be, you know, doctrinally correct – the class is going to be mal- uh, stoppage stoppage uh, junction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't rhyme. So is that tomorrow or Saturday? It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's tomorrow. I it was Saturday. Yeah. See, uh, that's why I texted him yesterday. I was like, "Hey, what day are you coming?" Because some of us think it's Saturday. Yeah. Somebody said it was Saturday. No, nope, it's tomorrow. No, it's, it's what time tomorrow? tomorrow? Nine to until complete. Okay. So pr- probably four, nice. four or five. You know, we'll, we'll take an hour lunch break and stuff. Hell so yeah. Do all that. Did it fill up? You guys got oh, a yeah. full. Yeah. There's, a, there's a waiting list too. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We put it posted it up in the friends group. You know, and kind of first come first serve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, feel like I hope it filled up because oh. people are actually interested and not because it's free. Probably because it's free, which is, you know. <laughs> free <well>. helps. <laughs> free definitely helps. But, yeah, on that topic, though, man, like I 
it, it could be said that as far as skills, techniques, you know, procedures, what, what, what I am doing with load carriage, magazines, guns, you know, manipulations, all that stuff, the, the only reason I do it in the daytime is to practice doing it at night. And what we found, what I found over years of playing around with that concept was, you know, a lot of techniques, especially for, for malfunction clearance, are are reliant on the fact that you're staying on range and it's blue sky and I can clearly see anything it's, I need to it's see. It's precisely 66 degrees out. There's yeah, no humidity. Exactly. And that's not a bad thing. Um, whatever, man. Uh, but the the techniques and procedures I have for malfunction clearance of any sort, um, kind of the common trend or the theme is like, I don't need my eyes at all to do any of this stuff. Uh, because like half of all time is nighttime. Um, so I don't want to have to rely on my technique only working when I can like flip the gun over and look at it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Same like Chappie took a class from him, like the loading procedure and stuff. Yep. You know, it's all done without. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm passionate about make, make ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Uh, and you know, there's some other tangible benefits, but you're right. Cause that, that was always our thing was like a skill and a technique and a procedure has to work under all domains, daytime, nighttime, cold weather, you know, all this kind of shit. So what I'm going to be teaching tomorrow, and I'll, I'll clearly put this out to everybody. It's like, this is not going to make you win any three gun matches. You know what I mean? Like not at all. Um, cause in those conditions, you know, absolutely, man, if the fucking sun is shining and this, this thing, no worky and, and like flip, what the hell's going on there? Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Fixed. Done. Um, you know, that's all cool. But for my purposes and our purposes for like what I would say, duty use, duty application, um, can't rely on the sun, can't rely on my eyes, can't, you know, so, so we just have to have different techniques that account for all that. And that's all it really is. Yeah. Um, and I get to spend a whole day working on it with people. So, um, I think by the end of the class, even if they're like, yeah, you know, this is cool, but you know, and really not something I felt like I really needed to know. I don't really shoot in conditions that necessitate this, but you know, right on, uh, at least I'll get really good at going through JMPI. Uh, sorry, JMPI for airborne guys out there is a <laughs> jump master, you know, pre-inspection. So all the, all the, the, the things you do in sequence, you know, it's like one, two, three, four, five and done, you know, but at least they'll get a lot of reps doing that. Nice. Uh, and we're going to culminate. I love the fact it's indoor range. So yeah. the lights, the lights are going to go off <laughs> in there and, uh, we'll, we'll might get some cool night vision footage of people, people doing this, you know, in the dead of darkness. I can't see my hands in front of my face, but I can absolutely go through this sequence to fix this disgusting stoppage that Chris just loaded into my rifle. And I do these five things and guns up and running and, you know, white lights. Obviously, at that point in time, they're going to have their white lights on. So yeah. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> it's like, fix the gun and just jack one into the ceiling. Like, yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not my range. Last test pop. Uh, February 06. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the and that's really the reason, too. And I was like, I really want to do another... I really want to do another class or a clinic out at Ike's place, but like, what could I really do that would be hopefully value added, but also like taken to the the capabilities of the the environment. So I was like, ah, oh, if, if I do malfunction stuff, we can turn the lights out in there just to prove to everybody. It's like, man, this shit works. It could be dark out Ex at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, long story short, that's what we'll be doing tomorrow. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Malfunction nice. junction or stoppage. Junction. Stoppage junction yeah <laughs> are you gonna help him tomorrow yeah i'm gonna be there just kind of helping out 
safety in, be bopping around, be bopping around, showing them what they got going on. Might take a couple photos, learn a little bit from our camera guy over here. Yeah, easy with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, going to be out there with Chris and just hanging out with the with all the people out there and just getting to know everybody. So nice. So good times. Yeah, good absolutely. Times. And since since Maz is kind of new to this world and especially coming out of like first first range battalion sniper section. It's interesting because he's like, I, you know, I, th- I think I want to have my own precision gun now that, you know, <laughs> and, and he had no idea. It's like, bro, that's a $10,000 yeah, proposition, yeah. homie. And it's like, whoa. Like I had, you know, because when you're active duty and you have all these toys, you kind of, you, you take it for granted that it's like, absolutely. when you go out into the commercial world and, you know, there's civilians out there with, with that same gun or, or even a better one. And it's like, dude, that, that thing is no joke. That is a shitload of money. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's awesome. But it's been cool. To get not just Maz, but some of the other uh, prior mill guys that have brought on the team, that just their eyes get opened to this, like, wow. How much? <laughs> well, not just that, but it's like there's this whole world, other world of people and things that are pressing the envelopes, they're pushing the ball forward, they're, they're doing all this innovation, they're doing things with different equipment and in a different way than they have ever experienced. And that's really cool. Cause like the military is awesome, but sometimes we got, we got blinders on, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> like, no, this is, this is all there is because this is the top of the mountain. And it's like, no bro, there's, yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff out there and, and a lot of cool things that you need to experience if you really want to really want to know what the hell you're doing here. Very eye opening. Love how the, how much money all this stuff costs. Like the first time I ever bought around because my old man was SF, then I was in the army. I go to do a two gun comp local through BFG. They paid for me to go, but I was like, I'm gonna buy my own ammo. My buddy goes, Oh, it'll be 250 rounds. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. I go to buy rounds. The first time I ever bought rounds, I'm 29 <laughs> years old, and I looked at the. I was like, Are You kidding me? I'm like, I. And when ne- was this? This was about a year ago. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, can I get an advance on my paycheck? <laughs> Like, yeah, oh my god, like buying ammo during the height of COVID to yeah, get a like, two gun match. Yep. Yeah, it was it was wild. And like, you know, like Chris said, like learning about all that stuff. Like the first time I looked at a scope, I was like, Well, where's the where, where's the mounting bracket? He's like, Oh no, no, it's thirty eight hundred dollars for the scope. <laughs> I was like, And you want me to buy a spur mount with it? Yeah, okay, give me a couple of years. <laughs> you know, but it's uh it's cool being in the industry, getting to learn everything, you know, from Chris and everybody else like you guys just kinda of poking in and see what's going on and it's really, really cool to just be a part of this and get to learn from, you know, different aspects of it and you know, and I get to go to like all these range days like land range day, Ohio range day and hanging out with a different realm of people who do something similar. You know, at first I was like, this stuff's all nerdy, whatever. And then I was like, man, but these people like want to train like, and they actually drive the industry to make different things because of that reason. And one of our guys that works for us, his name's, I, I call him Donnie Utah, Utah, give me two. Uh, he opened my eyes to a bunch of this recently and like really made me like take it to heart. And uh, it was pretty cool to learn some stuff from him and a uh, good dude. And yeah, I know this industry is, pretty badass and i'm very happy to be a part of it now so i love it man i always make it a point with open enrollment classes and uh you know even that term is kind of bad like open enrollment like you can't go if you're not you know military police and but whatever i don't know a better term but um civilian classes the only reason we have what we have today as far as quality and and proliferation is of the commercial market man and it, it and a lot of people i don't like when did you start getting into this stuff this world so i got out of the army in 17 moved to texas um and it was like probably 
I've been here three years. I was at the range for a couple of years before that. So like five, yeah. six years ago. Okay. So the, the 20 years ago, this didn't exist. Yeah. Like, and, and all the gear was shit, you know, com- compared to what we have today. And the reason it's not shit anymore is not because of fucking Delta Force or the Ranger Regiment or SEAL Team 6. It's not. It, it's because of the commercial market was like, we want better stuff. We want more quality stuff. We want more options. We want more capabilities. And and the market did it. They didn't do any of that stuff. And I tell Rangers all the time, it's like, dude, you guys have all this cool gear, not because you asked for it. Uh, because I, I, you know, stuff... I can't talk about on on the show here, but there's many times in this is development and requirements and acquisitions where, uh, you know, SOCOM wanted something and the vendors were like, it's cool that you want that. And we could do it, but we're not going to, because it ain't worth our time and money. It's just not. So that if you guys want that piece of kit, if it gets big on the commercial market, good to go, you know? And, and everyone thinks it's the opposite. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, if they want it, I guess we're doing it. And a lot of times that is the case, but a lot of times it's not, you know, and it's, it's like, Hey, if, if and all the mill guys that bad mouth, you know, civilians like, Oh, they're out there fucking doing band camp. It's like, Hey, get fucked, bro. Because if you're an American male, you have to pick a subculture, right? Like you have your job, you have your family, and then you have your thing, like whatever that subculture is, you're fishing, you ride fucking Harleys, you, you know, whatever. This is a fantastic thing. You're like, hey, I'm into guns and training and gear. It, worst case scenario is you're going to meet a whole bunch of really cool people and you're going to learn a whole bunch of really cool skills. You know, that's, Dude, that's mean, the worst like, case scenario. <laughs> minus a 240 Bravo, I probably have better gear as a civilian oh, and yeah. got better training since mm-hmm. I've been here the last three. Like, yeah. Obviously yep. a little different for you guys because you're Rangers, but like regular army. I look back all the time. I had this conversation. I was like, I deployed with this knowledge. <laughs> and I was like, I've gotten better training as a civilian the last five years that, I, that I've been out yeah. than I did in the army. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, I'm slightly concerned about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I have better stuff now than I did when oh, I was yeah. in the army. And I'm like, I think about like every time I take a class and learn something new or, or just at the end of the class, looking back at it, I'm like, that's nuts. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, so I would say that's like don't don't ever let somebody tell you that you're like fantasy band camp bullshit. Like tell them to get fucked. Like you, <laughs> you you're doing an awesome thing, passionately putting work into it and you're you're kind of a national security asset cuz if you're not doing what you're doing, we ain't going to get cool good stuff, you know. And that's the reality. It's like if you had a time machine right now, bro, and you brought back, you know, freaking Hodge rifle all this amazing load carriage, pano nods and everything. And you went back to 1998 and, and, and showed up in SOCOM's, you know, eight shop. You're like, look at all this stuff. And they're like, Oh my God, this is incredible. He's a wizard. And and they're like, so you guys are going to buy it? No, there's no funding. There's no war going on. We don't, you know, that's yeah. the reality of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if, if we want to continue to have this really high end stuff, like better keep, you better keep these, uh, these tactical band camp guys freaking motivated, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's some great civilian shoot. I mean, there's a t- tons of great Dude, civilian shooters. It's wild. There's down. some guys out there. Like I, I took a couple of classes recently, just, just by happenstance and kid named Kyle Manzano out of, out of California. I mean, one of the fastest shooters I think I've ever met. And you would think it'd be a guy in the military, but no, this dude, this dude runs a gun faster than anybody I've ever met. Like legitimately. And I'm just like, 
yeah. I did seven years in regiment and I, I could learn so much from this guy who was not like, and it's cool. And that was eye opening to me. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. And like Chris has says this all the time, but like in the last 20 years, we what took a hundred year leap oh, yeah. in this technology and because of the war and all that other stuff going it. on, there's money in yeah, it now. And there never but was. A hundred year leap in 20 years is, is substantial, which is yeah. pretty, pretty nuts. So pretty it's cool. It's not far fetched. I guess if you put it in context of this, like every other really technical skill set in, I'll just say the soft community, we bring in civilian experts driving, like driving cars fast. Like, yeah, sure. We, we have some knowledge and we play around ourselves, but when we really, really want to get work done with that aspect, we bring in civilians to yeah. know what the hell they're go, doing. Go bring in a rally car driver yeah. and learn yeah. how yeah. to drive. Same thing, skydiving. Like, I mean, there's some, some military skydiving elements that are amazing, but even when they want to do, they want to push the envelope farther, they bring in civilians. You know, shooting. We've been bringing in civilians to the soft elements for shooting since the early 2000s, mid-90s, yeah. you know, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate sometimes to see that, like, the bullshit that goes on with active duty guys and in, in the industry. Um, but I just thank God that you guys are doing what you're doing and this industry is growing and this, this whole subculture is, is real and it's here to stay, and, you know, which is fantastic. When you go spend a, a three day class with the boys, it's like, you know, it's, it's like spending, you know, three days back in the regiment or yeah. wherever. And, then you're, and guess what? You're friends forever. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I got a chance at one of those range days to hang out with the Vortex Edge guys, which is like their training guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brennan and, and Chris. And those two dudes are stellar dudes. They're amazing shooters. And I've only met them twice, but I feel like I've known them my whole life already. Yeah. Like it's, it's wild. It's just like it's such a cultural thing. Like immediately, like, you know, we're, I'm just happy to be a part of it at this point. You know what I mean? Like, because like, you know, you get out of the army, you go through a bit of an identity crisis. Like legitimately, I got out. I was like, now what? What do I do now? Who do I hang out with? Where do I fit in? And then I luckily I, I stumbled upon this right away and I got very, very lucky and very cool. So, yeah. I mean, I say that all the time that I'm super blessed to be a part of it, like, mm -hmm. and be here and with you guys and yeah. sitting here. It's like never five years ago, you know, moving here did I never thought I'd be doing this. And it's like, yeah. it's been a fun ass ride. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, definitely. It's where you at in the army, dude. Uh, I was just a National Guard out of out of upstate New York, so I right spent a lot of time at Drum and hanging out. So. Oh, my brother was a 10 Mountain Cat for yeah. like three and a half years. Yeah, you got your man card up there at Drum. It, yeah, no it, got, it got It's cold. cold. Yeah. <laughs> it, they, apparently, they bring in the guys from Alaska to train there because it gets so cold. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's insane to me. I know they hit like, I mean, I didn't train with any of the 10 Mount, 10th Mountain guys, but like, yeah. You know, outside, you know, skiing as a civilian, you go to like the Adirondacks and there's like 10th, 10th Mountain, you know, stickers all over the ski, uh, the ski lifts <laughs> in the Adirondacks. Yeah. That's where they go to like yeah. do all the mountain stuff. Is What's the name of the, the local town? It's called uh, Watertown, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's a shithole. Yeah. It's a <laughs> shithole. Dude, I was there no, for Sorry if you live in Watertown. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I was there one time for like a five day thing when the army was testing the new rifles and. Man, we were just like we went to the same place every night to eat because the only place that was worth a shit. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was definitely an experience. So ruined the local economy. No oh, doubt. dude, it was yeah. terrible. <laughs> it was it was not a fun time. And I I called my brother immediately after because I had never gone to visit him while he was up there because I had just joined as well. And I was like, bro, now I see why you got the hell out. Like <laughs> you you should have moved down to Savannah and been a one seven five. You'd have yeah. never would have got out. But uh, no, nah, it's 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 cool to see how like different cultures work at different bases and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it was it was good. Don't want to go back to Fort Drum anytime soon. No. So 
do without that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do miss the snow though. Like I'm born and raised in Buffalo, so Ooh. me like yeah. not. Yeah, he's. I'm not. Dude, I'm for, I'm from Cleveland, and as much as I love Cleveland sports. I do not miss the snow. Oh, I miss the snow. <laughs> I would yeah. never. I'm not built for like 100 degrees for 100 days straight. And I am. Yeah, no. I hate. I'm the opposite, dude. I, 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 I like cold. Yeah. <laughs> the closest I've ever been to death on multiple occasions while I was active duty was, was in the was cold. The cold. <laughs> yeah. Like that was it. It was like, dude, I, one time we did a winter rotation uh, over to Afghanistan, and that was early days. So I spent a considerable amount of time out in the mountains doing that kind of crap. And uh, we get back from that a couple months later. Uh, we used to work a lot with um fbi and hrt guys we're like hey we're doing a winter uh like cycle thing in uh, colorado why, why don't you bring your you and your team come with us and he sent me a powerpoint like snowmobiles and stuff and i was like nope he's like seriously you don't want to go do this with us nope don't care i'm not i am not oh, you're going not through the snow yeah. not doing it yeah. don't care yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> but i don't if i don't have to i just it. miss like the the temperature change because it's been hot and then it gets not as hot or like buffalo you, or cleveland you have yeah. all like you have a distinct four seasons yeah you know, like, uh, well cleveland's man cleveland's bad in the winter because you get the lake right there so lake effect snow is a whole different oh, yeah. beast people I mean, that don't you do know that yeah, people yeah. that don't understand what lake effect snow is like, like you know it up. an hour and a half south of cleveland like it you're not getting it but the first 40 minutes outside of Cleveland, if an hour and a half gets two inches, you're getting about two feet. Yeah. It's just the way it works, and it's terrible. And I don't feel for anybody who lives there, so get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Savannah, we have summer, spring, and then, like, fall. Light, light. fall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fall, light. <laughs> it does get cold summer. in Savannah, but it's, like. For, like, a day or two. Like, yeah. You, know, you get those, yeah. like, dips, yeah. you know. Yeah, it'll dip. But yeah. Like we, we very rarely get like a hard freeze, mm-hmm. you know? yeah. Like it's probably it, pretty simple. But like, I mean, we've had the fr- the freeze a couple of years ago. Like houses here aren't built no for that, and, and like, neither is the state. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, at that's all, when we had the huge like power power go out for three yeah, we days, were out for like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I remember when that happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. So on the same topic, I've continually failed for like three years now because we live in Savannah and I hate the cold. So I don't ever have an excuse to like go do shit like that. But you do find yourself occasionally like going to Alliance, Ohio to do a class or whatever. And it's the winter time. And I'm like, dude, I, I need to up my snivel game because yeah. my snivel game is not very good right now. Like I don't have dude, like left 12 of layers of arcteric shit and every winter I'm like, dude, I need to up my snivel game. And then I just suck going through it. You know, so you go to a class and you're like, ah, it's, it sucks. I'll, I should buy some better stuff. I should have some better stuff. And then it, it's over with. And then the season changes, and you're like, eh, I don't, I'm good. I don't really need it. And that, yeah. That's like three years now running. I've yeah. multiple yeah. times been on ranges where I'm like, I should have way better inclement weather gear, but Dude, I don't. Yeah. I have a whole closet in my house just dedicated to jackets. Like, Why do you have a whole closet of jackets? You live in Savannah. I'm like, yeah, but I'm from up north. There's two things you have up north. You always have jackets, and you always have four-wheel drive. So that, yeah. that, that's a go-to. So. Yeah, fact. Yeah. yeah. Fact. Yeah, people don't like – I left so many – well, I mean, I have some some – cold weather stuff here but like my yeah. skis all that stuff is at, at my mom's house up back home it's, just like, right. it's for the birds yeah they can I, have I don't it. need that here <laughs> you take vacations up to go skiing or any of that crap no uh, yeah. earlier this year we went to like northern california and then drove into oregon mm. so it was like in the 60s and 70s and that was amazing because there was like 100 here mm. and we got to go chill in the 60s yeah like, like sending them pictures and they're in like yeah, hoodies we're in, like, and stuff and i'm like hiking through the redwoods and stuff <laughs> Yeah, we can't get get back off the plane, you know. We've been in the 60s, 70s for, you know, all, 
almost entire week. And then we get off the plane, they open the door, and boom, Ooh, like that, yeah. it hits you. And we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Drink some water. Yeah. 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 yeah it was just like that big wave of humidity and 100 degree heat just hits you. Like, the worst is when you're in the, like the, the back of the plane or the middle of the plane, and you can just like feel the warm air waft onto the plane <laughs> as you're like waiting to get off. And you're like, oh, okay, here it comes. Like, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, that's how it is in Savannah. Like, you, you get off the plane, but it, it goes right in the airport, and you come out the, the gates right after getting your bag, and you're like, the humidity hits you every time you get into Savannah, because that's like this time of year right now in Savannah, it's, best way to describe it, it's like a wet wool blanket out of the microwave. <laughs> you're like, oh, man, I forgot about this, yep. you know, but that, you that, get used to it. Yeah, that's what I'm genetically coded yeah. weird, because I love it. Like, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the heat. You know? no. I went to ranger school in the winter, and I, I do not want to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> never again <laughs> yeah yeah yep. i complain about the heat but i'd rather be hot than cold mm-hmm. yeah, like that's i agree that. you can always put on more clothes i can't walk around the warehouse naked uh, you can't it yeah, would be just... frowned upon <laughs> or i wouldn't have a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> you could do it once yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is ian coming in on sundays and working <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it nobody come in yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, this is this is incredible, man. You got a, a cool thing going on here. Your little room is great. I like all the all the artwork that yeah. people may or may not recognize. It's just awesome, dude. Kind of try and set the mood. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. No, this room's and, great. What's going on back here? Oh, I guess this is for if we took the booze option. Yeah, this is nice, man. It's like a bottle opener and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a pretty neat little. Got, those have some weight behind it. Yeah, too. they're heavy too. Yeah, like you could like beat somebody with it. Yeah, <laughs> ninja star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do some some ninja star coasters. Is there anything uh, new gear wise coming out for for Blue Force? <sighs> for Shot Show twenty four, right? Yeah, we're in twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Yes, January. Shot Show twenty four. Yeah, Shot Show twenty four. Actually, we are doing. Um, it's not gear related, but. 24 is Blue Force Gear's 20th anniversary. Oh, wow. So SHOT Show 24 for us, if you want to come by the booth, is going to be basically the 20 years of Blue Force Gear. It's like a little history thing. And all the the stories behind our designs that we don't tell anybody um, are going to be there. Like, you know, it's like, how did this happen? You know, and almost everything we have in our inventory um, has a very clear, like, that, you know, this thing caused a problem or, or something like that. And they, they asked us for a solution and, and we worked with that client and got a solution and, and that's what it is or whatever. So, I mean, not all the stories, but the ones that are, that are tellable, yeah. <laughs> um, will be there. So I'm kind of excited about it, man. We, our marketing team right now is kind of pushing, pushing on like, you know, this 20 year anniversary thing that's going to be the the booth you know like how's that going to work and go and they're they're scrambling right now like our our head of product design and our ceo are like literally digging through bins looking for the old like the first the first padded thing yeah Yeah, exactly like (laughs) all that old stuff is coming out of the booth or coming out of the box and they're they're going to kind of storyboard everything that's going to be cool it's like when knights had the old uh ars there yeah Yeah. yeah that was cool yep exactly are you going this year Probably. Nice. Uh, you guys will probably see me out there. Nice. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I'm either going to get paid to go or I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm going to take some PTO. Yeah. <laughs> I will be there, but... If I show up, I'm just I might not be affiliated. I might be wearing one of those. <laughs> Listen, if you wear a BFG shirt, you can probably get I could sneak in like, wait, yeah. are you on the manifest? Yeah. Uh, we'll, you see this? We'll talk about it later. You yeah. see this? 
So yeah, that because of that though, we're not we're not going to release uh, anything like new gear wise or anything like that. We're not going to use shop for for that purpose. Um, between now and then, like yeah, we, we constantly have you know uh, either we're updating an old old piece of you know, redesigning, updating an, an older model and just putting it out there. Um, and we have some some new products for gov clients that and i think probably two or three of them are going to go commercial nice and, and now that we have um a little bit more robust marketing team there at blue force gear then hopefully um, it'll get out there a little bit more substantially <laughs> christina to start with you guys right she did nice yep. Yep. Yeah. nice yep and she brings a lot to the table you know because i was telling some of the other people here it's like prior prior to to her coming on board and some other people there that are on board like we we didn't really have that capability, you know, uh, blue force gear for better or for worse, like typically hires guys like us that haven't been around the industry. Like we, we don't, you know, and it's like, so much like the ranger regiment, like we kind of have blinders on. It's like, I don't, I don't really know what everybody else does for, for this thing. So, yeah. um, people like her came immediately showed up and was like, let me tell you, let me explain to you kind of what you don't even understand. Like you don't know what you don't know. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. So, yeah. and that, that, that's been really neat to watch. So cool. Excited about developing that capability more yeah, in the future. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good um, stuff. And you guys are on the same kind of thing, man. You got all this going and yeah. d- expanded your team to have this kind of stuff and you're knocking it out of the park, man. Yeah, we got the photo lab set up. We got this room set up. Mm-hmm. We yeah, have this guy set up. Taking some good pictures, putting out podcasts. Yeah, we just did a, a whole bunch of little, little. I don't know what the term for it is, but the little video segments, content segments, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, I'm definitely not, I'm no Grantham, you know, by any stretch, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but trying my best uh, and, and doing those types of things, which is also really weird. I'm, that's why I'm glad Maz is here and a couple other guys on my team where it's like, hey, I came on board. I started doing this kind of thing. I'm not good at it, uh, but I just, you know, just got to hook up and freaking go and uh but i, I want to see some more of our team kind of get involved with this stuff and not be afraid to stand in front of a camera and talk about you know either two people or about things and and have it kind of be like a, a good representation of who what we're all about yeah you know what i mean well, from days of the pictures on the rock to now having a yeah. nice photo lab set up mm-hmm. Went from iphone cameras to yeah <laughs> Actual guy that knows what he's doing. <laughs> don't know what you don't know. Yeah. 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 Oh, I knew exactly. I knew there's a lot. There. <laughs> it's like, I don't know shit, but I can I can point a I can point a phone yep. and take. Yeah, there's a rock in front of the old old warehouse that like a lot of the pictures used to be taken on. Took you know, it was great yeah, it was just like Oh, you leaned your phone against a rock or something? Or no, no, we would put mean? the products on the rock. Oh, on top yeah. of it. Okay, yeah. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Fuck yep. yeah. Yeah, you should go out there and paint it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like we were talking the other day. I was like, "Oh, I miss days. I miss the rock picture days." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. uh, where can folks find y'all um, on the interwebs? On the interwebs, yeah, the error net, if yeah. you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, m- me personally, is uh, on Instagram. I'm size love Chris type one each. Um, and by the way, don't don't like follow me or whatever because I never I ne- well I never post anything. It's boring as shit. Like don't follow. You, you're, lu- you're lucky if you see something out of me like once every three months on on Instagram or whatever. But um, uh, I'm also JTF underscore BFG, um, and that's that's kind of more of the shoot house stuff. So in Savannah, I have a I have an indoor shoot house at UTM only, um, 
that I use to do a lot of support courses for, you know, clients, uh, obviously PD uses it a lot, uh, lots of LE stuff. And that's really cool. So sometimes, nice. you know, I'll put some stuff on the J on the, the JTF page on what's going on in there. Um, hoping to have m- much more open enrollment stuff going on in there in 2024. And if anybody's watching this, that, that heard me say that last year, you know, more open enrollment <laughs> stuff in 2023, <laughs> I know, you know, right. Uh, but getting, getting everything to kind of come together to be able to do that has been more of a challenge than I would have imagined. Uh, but it's done now and, and we're good to go. And then obviously blue force gear is blue force gear.com. Yeah. And then, uh, I think it is blue force gear on Instagram. Yeah. It's blue force gear. You can just search us and it's yeah. got, it's got our logo on it, but yeah. So yep. yeah, yeah it's super simple. That's it, man. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much for coming down, taking the time to record some stuff with us today and sit down for a podcast and all that. I mean, this yeah. has been a lot of fun. Looking yeah. forward to, to to tomorrow for uh, Stoppage Junction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. going to be great. Like, the last one you did was amazing, and um, we appreciate I know everyone that took it had a really good time. And, oh, good. Um, no, it's, we, we really appreciate y'all doing that. It's uh, uh, I love it, man. It's it's cool. And I'm glad I get to do it without, like, impeding on all the other great instructors that you have coming through here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't have to, like compete with them yeah. even though all of us that are in that business don't really treat it like that but you know i just like the fact that we like to get out and support you guys and other people like yourselves that are just doing fantastic work uh, in the 2a community the defense community the le community all that stuff man so thank you very much for letting us come by absolutely yeah. do this Thanks, today was a great day tomorrow's going to be even better and thank you for everything brother we appreciate it sure cool. Well, we appreciate y'all watching. If you could like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Um, we appreciate you watching. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see y'all next time. Oh. Uh, remember to call your grandmas because they're not always going to be around. <laughs> Solid. Boom. Solid advice. Okay. All right. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs>